Hello, White Oak. My name is Kevin, and it is so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us online. We want to let you know that we love that White Oak Online is an option for you. We also would like to invite you to consider joining us in person at either our Ross or Coleraine campus on a Sunday morning. We offer safe, masked, socially distanced services at both 9 and 11 a.m. with children's programming at our 11 o'clock service. We know that some of you are still leery about in-person gatherings, and, and that's okay. We will be here when you're ready. We simply want to remind you that we miss you and that we believe we are better together. We're in week five of our act series. Can you believe that we are already halfway through? I have loved reading Acts, and I hope that you have too. Uh, please, it's never too late to catch up with us. You can access a reading plan by visiting our website, thewocc.com. Acts is a history of the first Christians that gathered in the first century. It's a recorded history of the time right after Jesus' resurrection, after his return to heaven. Luke, the author, offers us a detailed picture of the life of Jesus in his gospel, the book of Luke, along with a detailed history of the early church with his book, Acts. So far, we've looked at several themes in the first half of Acts. We've seen our assignment is to take the good news of Jesus here, near, and far. We looked at the power of the Holy Spirit and Peter's call to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. We saw how persecution of the early Christians helped spread the message of sending people all over the Roman Empire. Last week, we saw how God has a vision for reaching all people with the good news of the gospel. One of the people we talked about last week was Paul. And now from here on out, Paul will be a major person in the final half of Acts. Paul and his partners and their missionary journeys make up most of the rest of our story. Have you ever been sent somewhere by someone? Maybe to the store by your wife, sent out of town by your boss, sent to the principal's office by your teacher. When I was in college, I worked construction building log cabins. It was hard work. Summers were hot and those logs were heavy. On occasion, my boss would yell for me. He would tell me that we were out of something that we needed for the job site. And so he would ask me if I could go and get it. It would mean leaving the job site behind and my coworkers and jumping in my truck, turning on the AC and driving to the hardware store. Most of our jobs were in remote locations. You don't build log cabins in subdivisions. Well, 
Once we did, but that's a completely different story. So, uh, the trips would not be quick. I loved being sent. Maybe a tinge of guilt leaving the other guys behind to work while I sat in the AC and drove into town. The contrast from the job site to the trip was so great that I often couldn't believe that I was getting paid to do what I was doing. There's something intentional about being sent. There's something on purpose about being sent. Not only are you being sent, but in order to be sent, you have to be selected. Today, much of our time together will revolve around this idea of being sent. You see, it's a theme in the second half of Acts. But really, it's a theme throughout the story of God. God selecting people and intentionally sending them out to places to accomplish specific things. Today I want to backtrack just a bit. In Acts chapter 8, we read about a man named Philip. Philip, like Stephen, who we've talked about before, was one of seven men who were selected to help deliver food to the needy in Jerusalem. Like Stephen, Philip was a God-fearing man, full of the Holy Spirit. So after Stephen's death, when people were scattered, Philip was scattered with them. Wherever Philip went, it said that he was preaching the good news of Jesus. We pick up Philip's story in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. The Lord was sending Philip. He was chosen. It was intentional. He has a specific mission. Okay, okay. Back to this idea of being sent. I asked you if you've ever been sent anywhere before. Now let me ask you, have you ever felt like God wanted you to go somewhere? Move somehow. Now that's harder. We all wish we had an angel speaking to us like Philip, telling us where to go and telling us what God wanted us to do. We often think that that would make life so much easier. Go read Jonah and let me know how that worked out for him. Spoiler alert, not well. It took a raging storm and a giant fish, and in the end, Jonah was still angry with God over being sent. Here's the truth. I believe God still stirs in our hearts to move. I still think God is sending us into every inch of the world. For some people, that's a clear call to a specific place. For other people, it's a small nudge to be brave enough to open our mouth and speak. So Philip starts off on his journey. Uh, let's pick up the story. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, 
go to that chariot and stay near it. Acts chapter 8, verses 27 through 29. Uh, Philip is following the leading of God. He's going where God is sending him. And on his way, he meets an Ethiopian who is traveling back from Jerusalem. He stays near the chariot and overhears the man reading from the book of Isaiah. The man is reading a prophecy about Jesus, but he doesn't know that. Philip asks the man if he understands what he's reading. How can I unless someone explains it to me? The man responds. And with that, Philip enters the chariot and begins to help this Ethiopian. The eunuch asks Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture. And he told him the good news about Jesus. That's Acts chapter 8 verses 34 and 35. Uh, Philip went where he was sent. And he looked for an opportunity to share the good news about Jesus. Listen, church, God's going to open doors. He's going to put you in situations. He's going to send you into workplaces, classrooms, communities, neighborhoods, locker rooms, and relationships. He's going to position you in a place to speak, to share, to lead. As the old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water. Philip shares with this man, and as they travel, the man sees water and proclaims to Philip, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And with that, this man gives his life to Jesus. Who is God putting in your path? Who is God leading you to? Let me ask you, will you grab a hold of the opportunity or will you let it slip by? I'm great at missing opportunities. Opportunities arise for me to do the right thing, to say the right thing, and I miss them. It's usually not on purpose. Most of the time, I'm just too distracted to see it. When I look at a guy like Philip, I just get this sense that he is fully engaged in what God is wanting to accomplish through him. Like he seems fully aware and there are times when I feel fully disconnected. And not just in the big things. God wants to do through me. I mean, even in the little stuff. You ever miss a chance to grab the door for someone? I mean, you realize it after the fact, but it's too late. Grab something heavy out of your wife's hands. Say something encouraging to your kids when they need to hear it. I miss chances like that all the time. And if I'm missing those, there's a great chance that I'm missing the big ones too. This idea of scent is all throughout Scripture. John 3.16, the most recognized passage of all time, reminds us that God loved the world so much that He sent His only Son on purpose, intentional, with a specific mission, Luke records more about Jesus being sent. Look at what happens in Luke chapter 4. 
Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Luke chapter 4, 14 through 21. Jesus walks into the temple. He opens the word of God and he reads a prophecy. He rolls a scroll back up and he says, Yeah, that's talking about me. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Here's what you need to know. God is always sending people into places where they can share good news. So let's fast forward and Acts just a bit. Last week, we talked about this man, Saul, who becomes Paul. He's a guy whose life was transformed by the power of Jesus. He went from being someone who hated the name of Jesus to the most enthusiastic follower of Jesus there is. After Paul's transformation, he spent years preaching and ministering to people alongside the other disciples. Paul and a friend, Barnabas, along with some others, were ministering to people in a town called Antioch. They were doing great work in Antioch. They had friends in Antioch. They had spent considerable time there. But Antioch was not where God wanted Paul. God, from the beginning, had set Paul apart for ministry to the Gentiles. He had a plan to reach the world through Paul's ministry. And now it was time for Paul to fulfill his calling. Look at Acts chapter 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. That's Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. They were sent. Not only were they sent by God, but they were sent by their local church. This would mark the beginning of Paul's journeys. Paul would spend the rest of his life either traveling, preaching the gospel, or in prison for preaching the gospel. Remember, some things we have said about being sent. 
Paul was chosen. It was part of a plan that God had. It was on purpose. It was done with intent. I've said this all along to help you grasp that this is no accident. This is not some hunch that Paul is following. No, he is being sent by God into communities to deliver the message of hope that comes from Jesus. Here's a few things I want you to see about being sent today. We are all sent somewhere. God has positioned you into places that only you can go, into relationships that only you can leverage, into opportunities only afforded to you. The question is not if you are sent by God, but rather where are you being sent? That's our big idea today. You've been sent. Where are you going? We've waited a while to unveil it to you today, but really it's been in front of us this whole time. It's also tied to an action step we have for today. That is looking for the spaces that God is sending us into. Maybe you're with us today and you're not sure about any of this. Let me challenge you on this. Just look at all your surroundings as an opportunity. No matter what you believe, I have to think that all of us want to look for how we can make the most of where we are. To be a person who makes a difference. Maybe you don't feel like God is sending you anywhere. Paul and Barnabas spent time fasting and praying. And maybe we need to slow down and truly listen to God. He's speaking, but with all the noise, we could be missing it. Number two, being sent requires you to move. Look, we try and make things really easy most of the time. Asking people to look for all the places that God has already sent them. Those relationships and opportunities that already exist. Now that's great. Those exist, but don't lose sight of the fact that God may be trying to send you somewhere new. Here at White Oak, we have two campuses, but that wasn't always the case. About 13 years ago, there was a stirring on the hearts of some for the Ross community. White Oak felt like God was sending us into Ross. In order to be successful, we had families who had to consider moving both physically and from a church standpoint into this new community. Listen, God may have you right where he wants you. But maybe, just maybe, he has something in store for you that is new. And that might require movement. Will you commit to praying this simple prayer? God, show me where you want me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Those are the words of Isaiah the prophet from the Old Testament. God had a mission for Isaiah. But Isaiah was too afraid to go. After a back and forth with God, Isaiah's words ring out. Send me. Three, if you've been sent, you've been equipped. 
I could go on and on about people who felt unqualified for the call that God put on their life. The Bible is full of them. This was the argument that Isaiah was having with God. If God is sending you somewhere, you can be assured that He has prepared you for the trip. This is the gifting of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Four, being sent is always about good news. We all have things that we want to fix in the world, uh, causes that break our heart. Uh, We feel led to jump in and make a difference in lots of different areas, helping the under-resourced, protecting the life of the unborn. All these are valuable missions, but none of them can supersede the mission of delivering the good news about Jesus. In the book of Acts, we have people being sent all over, but they are always sent with the same purpose, to share the good news about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. You can champion for all of these great projects and missions. We should not neglect these needs, but don't lose sight of our ultimate goal, to tell people about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus was sent into the world to deliver a message of hope. Philip was sent to deliver a message of hope. Paul was sent to deliver a message of hope. And that hope is this. Jesus is the Son of God. He came here to pay the debt for sin once and for all. Every one of us is a sinner. We have all failed and make mistakes every day. The cost of sin is death, but the gift of Jesus is eternal life. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings new life. Jesus brings forgiveness. This is the good news. This is the message that so many, including you and me, have been sent to deliver. Roughly 10 times in the book of Acts, people are presented with the good news of Jesus. Every time, the same thing happens. They hear about who Jesus is and they respond in faith in Jesus and baptism. It was obviously part of Philip's talk with the Ethiopian. Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Here at White Oak, our goal is for everyone to experience full life in Jesus. The first step in that process is to believe in Jesus and to make him Lord of your life. Baptism is part of that next step. We would love to talk to you more about baptism in Jesus. Please, if you'd like to join us for our next baptism conversation, please email me at ksmith at thewocc.com. For a lot of us, we have already made Jesus Lord of our life. But here's the thing, though. He's sending every one of us somewhere. You're being sent into workplaces, classrooms, communities, neighborhoods, locker rooms, and relationships. 
Will you look for where God is trying to send you? Will you pray about where God wants you? Remember, our big idea, you've been sent. Where are you going? Where will you take the good news of Jesus? Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And I thank you for the salvation and the hope that he brings. God, give us the courage that as you send us out into every corner of the earth, that we will take the good news, the message of hope and love of your son to every part of the world. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.